And we are coming down in three, two, one. Welcome to Getting Sports with Drunk. I'm your host, Cupcake the Riddler, and I'm joined by the Red of Red Baron. Didn't even just just a pilot and co-pilot today. I didn't even give not even a nope. We're just, you know, no no passengers on this plane. Just ready to rock and roll. Yeah. So it's just us. So uh, we'll get through the formalities early, I guess. Yeah. And uh, talk bullshit. So, uh, what are you drinking? So I had um, a Christmas party to go to this weekend uh, at my sister's, so I, I ended up uh, scoring an 18-rack of High Life. Oh, I thought you were going to say you, end up, you ended up stealing a bunch of leftovers. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, I should have. If if we stayed late... You do it for every other party. I'm surprised you didn't do it for your sister. That's like one of my favorite things. I, I like... A, will encourage, hey, you know, have a party here. People bring their stuff, and then they just leave it, and then I, you know, make out like a bandit. Yeah. But no, this was beer purchased by me, and uh, I have five uh, High Lifes that will be uh, enjoyed on this program. Nice. I've been trying to win the High Life giveaways on Instagram. They did the uh, the Christmas Story leg lamp, but with so the cool. High Life theme to it. That that would be like high on my like things to own. I know. So well, it's like so. It's like the the leg is wearing instead of the fishnets. It's like the uh, Miller High Life girl stockings with yeah. the boot. And then they did another one where it's basically the same thing, but instead of a shade, it's uh, got a cap that comes off, and you can fill it with Miller High Life, and it's got a spout at the bottom. That's cool. This was like a kind of like a leg beer tower kind of thing. I tried so hard to win like that backyard. Like, oh uh, yeah, I comment on all of them. I mean, I, I know I'm never gonna win, but. It's always, it's always like, like I did the one, like the, it was like, why do you, why would you buy, like, why should you, oh no, because the contest was the people used bots to buy them all. Mm-hmm. So it was like, they, they reserved some of them and they were like, oh, tell us why you wouldn't sell it. I think my comment was something <laughs> along the lines of like, I'd put it in my front window so that all the local dog walkers <laughs> and children would peer into my window and see the dim light and realize, <laughs> oh man, that guy's made it. <laughs> <laughs> something stupid. <laughs> Um, I'm having a, for the first time ever, uh, via the Kyle recommendation, a Mega Juicy. Oh. Yeah. Mega the Juice. What's the uh, ABV on that? Uh, it is 8.9, I believe. Wait, look. And the regular two Juicy is what, six? It's like, I'm trying to remember. I think it's a little higher on the box i got this stupid fucking can koozie thing i just take it out of the can koozie but i just don't want to yeah that's all right i was just curious uh 10.2 on the mega wow yeah it's actually a lot higher than i thought the two juicy is 8.2 yeah i don't know if i've had one on my own i think i tried I don't know, did, did Kyle have it on the show? I don't even remember. The little juicy is five point two. 
which is uh, Kyle, still good. Kyle's had the mega juicy, but not on a live show. Oh, uh, okay. I think he's had it from his own home. He had the little juicy on the show because I, I, when those came out, I remember being excited for those for him, and so I I got him a four pack of those. And I think there was pretty, if I remember correctly, I think it was pretty mixed emotions. I think like Massey was like kind of like whatever about it. I don't think Mock liked it, but Mock doesn't like. like we've had the discussions, but like Mock's not really big into like the session, yeah, style IPA. Like the session IPA is like what I prefer because you know it's like you like the session. I mean, like you like the triples and stuff, but um, like the sessions, like I, I like the session IPAs because I do like the flavor of the IPA, especially because like I'm. I'm a big fan of like bitter things. Mm-hmm. Um, so like I like the bitterness from an IPA, but I want to be able to drink like, you know, like if I get a six pack, I don't want to drink two and be like, okay, I'm done. Right. Yeah. For, for multiple reasons, like the fullness right. and the burnout factor, the palate. Yeah. Like the, the, the founders makes the best one. They literally, and they literally named it perfectly. The all day IPA, yeah. a lovely <laughs> session IPA that you can just drink all day. Yeah. It doesn't get more on the spot than that. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, you have any toasts? I do. I have, I have a, it's kind of like a co toast of excellence, coast of disexcellence. Uh, and it's just the final play of the Patriots, uh, Raiders game. Uh, so Wait. the, the disexcellence. Dis- we'll, uh, okay, we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. The disexcellence is the New England, you know, just kind of like botching that whole closing play. And the toast is now, I don't, I heard this on a, a sports show that, uh, Chandler was in the position he was in because he didn't hustle down the field. I don't know if that's true or not. No, I mean, it makes perfect sense. Why Why else would he be there? He's not blocking. You know what I mean? Like He's not back there for any other reason. Right. But so, like, if that's in fact the case, a big toast to just like laziness coming through the clutch yeah. <laughs> resulting in good things. That's funny. And then is the toast to excellence the the actual, like the Raiders portion of it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's like a fifty-fifty. Yeah, I mean, I got, I got, a, I got like a slew of them, so I'll just kind of rattle through them. You know, I mean, not, not that I'm a humongous fan of his. You know, not, not that I'm a dis, like a, like a, a hater of his, but I'm just not a big fan of his like work. I don't really like follow him. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, Lionel Messi um, in Argentina won the World Cup uh, over the weekend um in what is being regarded as the best world cup final in the history of the sport which you know if you know anything at all about soccer it's a uh, pretty old yeah um, that's pretty high regard it's kind of like the og sport you know i mean and i i don't and you could speak on it much better than i but from what i've kind of read and gathered that it kind of had like everything you'd want out of a game well, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna get it. We'll talk about the World Cup like briefly, kind of more in depth, and then um, so I'll get into that. Um, so uh, to piggyback off that, also even though it was in a losing effort to Kylian Mbappe for winning the Golden Boot at the World Cup and finishing as a runner-up with France, and um, just rolling in his money, huh? And just rolling in his money, yeah. Um. So good for him. Um, also, toast of excellence to who was it? It was a bias one for somebody on one of my teams. Oh, to Justin Fields for eclipsing the thousand yard mark uh, uh, rushing. Yeah, guy's just ridiculous. 
Yeah, I mean, he said, like, you know, he kind of came out and said, like, it's kind of gotten some mixed reviews. I, my my take on it, personally, is uh, we'll talk about it when we get into the games. Um, and then I had one more, but I don't remember what it is. So, there you go. Those are my toasts. Hey, some good ones. There you go. Drink your beer. Crack them, crack them. Yeah, so, unfortunately, I did crack mine before. Hey, no, it's okay. I, so, I have actually two out. This first one, I want to hit, like, you know pretty hard just you know to you know like get some high life in me fast um that's hilarious um yeah oh, so yeah. uh we'll dive into the uh the mlb scene oh my god there's a papa john's commercial on the tv right now because i got the monday night game on mute mm-hmm. and not only is because ever since the so the original papa john's guy was you know booted out some years ago for the racist comments and such yeah. And ever since, ever, ever since then, Shaq has become like the mainstay of it. So not only is there the Shackaroni pizza, which is hilarious, but they did a commercial where Shaq is playing like it, 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 he's sitting at a table with his family eating the pizza, but he's playing every character. <laughs> really, like pulling a Medea there. <laughs> yeah, right. a real like Eddie Murphy, Tyler yeah. Perry type now, thing. Is I'm pretty what sure didn't Shaq just buy Papa John's like outright? You know, I don't remember. I was trying. I was going to say that, but I wasn't sure if that was true, so I just left it out. I, I think he is like has some ownership stake in it, but I don't. I don't know to what extent. <laughs> Which kind of in Shaq, itself is kind of funny. Yeah, well, we we talked about like Shaq just has like just so many endorsements and owns so many random things. I mean, Sha- Shaq really for like making you know more after your career yeah, than you did in 100%. your career. And it's funny because you look at players like like Shaq. You look at players like, you know, Michael Jordan and all, like, you know, like, these are all players that, like, you know, imagine, um, imagine what these guys would be making in today's game. You know what I mean? Like, Shaq, you figure Shaq, probably, Shaq got traded in what, 04, I think it was, he got traded in 04 to the Heat, and I think that was, like, like kind of like his last big he might have got like a contract that was with the heat but that was kind of like the end then he started sputtering out like jordan you know like but like just like i mean like you think about it like they, they talk about it's like oh like michael jordan's nike endorsement alone it has you know he out earned his nba salary in like the last five years of just his nike contract it's like well yeah i mean like like look at what nike is now versus look at what yeah, it was I in mean, the just 90s the economics are just it's just different yeah i mean the world's just it's completely difference bananas so but um yeah so um who was we were talking about we 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 brought up the tyler perry and the eddie griffin thing who 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 was the uh the the black actor that played uh the woman in big mama's house um because that was like an i mean like that was one of those ones like like it wasn't like one character played like a bunch of different characters man but it was it was a it was a man playing a woman um, was it was it Martin Lawrence? You know, I, I almost was thinking it was Martin Lawrence. Um, the only reason I would say it wasn't there, there's another actor who's kind of like in that same group of people, a guy who's been like on like the Jamie Foxx show and stuff like that, whose name yeah. is escaping me. He's kind of like he's like the the B minus version, of, yeah. but, I, but I could yeah, be I wrong. Yeah, so all right, so we'll get into some. NFL action. So, 
Um, we haven't really done like a deep breakdown on games in a while, but since it's just the two of us, we'll do a little chatting on it. So you got the the we've had we've had quite the slew. We started off. It's funny. We started off the season with uh, some real duds in the Thursday night performance. You know, you had that. You had a couple awful games. Then you got that real like bullshit low scoring game where the Bears and Redskins played or sorry Commanders. Mm-hmm. And then, and like then the, like after the halfway point of the season, like the the Thursday night games got way better, and the Monday night matchups that they had slated for the end of the season are just dud central. Yeah, definitely kind and of flip flopped. It Rams and Packers. I mean, granted, nobody was going to predict the Rams were going to be four and nine in Week 15, and the Packers are going to be five and eight. You know, but I mean, like Jesus. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It's it's logistics, and they have to schedule things out. But it, it's almost a shame that they can't. They could schedule out to a certain point, and then they're like, "Hey, from be prepared, we can flex anything, anything anywhere from a certain point on." So they don't have just like these ratings disasters. Well, so I was saying, like, that's the thing, though, right? Like, they can flex. So, like, how does that? Do you know how that works with like TV things? So, like, when you see a game, so like what the the Giants Redskins game was flexed to, um, Sunday night for this week, which ended up not being a good game either, um, but um. Like, how does that work? Because, like, what? The night game is what? NBC? Yeah. So the only thing I really understand is kind of just historically speaking, CBS has always kind of done more AFC heavy games, Fox more NFC. And I think when it gets to a certain point, I don't know what they they deem is. I don't know if it's like week 10 or 11. There's something in the Mm -hmm. contract that the NFL can be like, hey, we want to – we want to move this game because we think it'll have a bigger draw and the networks just have to kind of be okay. And if that yeah. means that like, let's say CBS had two games at the four o'clock window one week and like they're losing that, they'd kind of, they'd get it like credited back another week s- somehow. Right. But like, dude, does the NFL really ever flex like a, like a Sunday one o'clock game into a Monday night slot? I, I don't think that's ever it's happened. More Sunday. Yeah. It, yeah, like Monday night is just. I feel like well, the thing too is I feel like from like a fan standpoint, like you can't because like I mean like you know the, the game tonight is in Lambeau, and it's like right. if, if a Rams fan bought tickets to it and they're flying in Sunday night and then they change the game, just you know what I mean? Like yeah, that person. Like, hey, screw you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. So it makes sense. But, it, you know, it is what it is. Like, kind of saying, like, you, you anticipate, like, on paper, going to the air, like, oh, this would be great. You know, Rams, Super Bowl champions, you know, Packers, Aaron Rodgers, what are they about? And it just <laughs> did not pan out how the season ended. Yeah. So, we had some uh, so we had some interesting games. Uh, I forget what, the, what was the Thursday night game this week. It, it was, was... Uh, San Fran-Seattle. Yeah, so you had San Fran-Seattle. So, that, I mean, you know, that, that, had, that game had an interesting narrative to it. It was going to be... The 49ers' first game on the road after being uh, shortened down to the third-string quarterback, Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant. Yep. Seattle had kind of, you know, Seattle had been surprising a lot of people all season long, but they had been sputtering of late. And, you know, they were kind of needing to get right in order to uh, keep some playoff hopes alive. And, um, you know, it, it, so the narrative was there, but but... You know the the 49ers defense is is just that good. Yeah. You know that's there's no question there. But you know this 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 you know even if it's you know Brock Purdy went you know on an away game and, and this isn't the old Seattle uh, home field advantage we used to know 
from the Legion of Boom era, you know, yep. the, the early or like mid 2010s. But a road game is still a road game. There's no question there. Yeah. Um, you know, he went in and he held his own. I don't, I don't remember what his stat line was, but I think he threw for two and change, threw two touchdowns, kept ball security at a premium. Yeah. You know, Christian McCaffrey did his thing, got 100 yards on the ground, which, you know, I mean, any any NFL analysts and any other whatever, they'll tell you, um, you know, the ground game is, is, you know, the best way to have a backup quarterback play well. Yeah. And I, I but the, oh, they're just they're, well. I would say you know there was a lot of questions if uh, were the 49ers you know still contenders and it you know if Brock Purdy can go out and just you know do kind of like the men and not turn the ball over that defense is good enough to yeah to carry them. I know we we've kind of talked about this in the past and I think you know Shanahan Kyle Shanahan's kind of been under a lot of scrutiny and I don't think it's deserved because from from what I've seen in his tenure as head coach you can plug in any player at any position and they seem to succeed think of all the running backs that have kind of just been nobodies who've went on to have a thousand yard seasons it's just like and I would say well that's the thing is like he he caters his offense to kind of like a, a notion where like you said like anybody can kind of run it and you know, I, I think the, the 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 real flack, in in my opinion, that Kyle Shanahan gets is that, you know, he he's deemed this offensive wizard, but very rarely is does he have a top offensive unit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, I think you know, I'd be curious to see, you know, what what would this team, you know, and I think Shanahan's getting to the point where people are going to be able to go, okay, we see why everyone was saying that because when you add in the dynamics of what Trey Lance is going to be able to do on the ground. You know Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield, the you know the the catch and run abilities of Brandon Ayuk, the you know Swiss Army knife that is Debo Samuel, the blocking and receiving kind of George Kittle. You know what I mean? Like there, there's going to be a multifaceted component to that offense if Trey Lance can be that guy. And what's great for Kyle Shanahan is Kyle Shanahan has basically three more years to figure out between Purdy and Shanahan who who he wants. Right. Exactly. Um, and I tell you, I don't know if you really caught any of that game, but it was one of the first drives and the play they drew up kind of in, in the red zone where it was like the, the double fake screen and to hit Kittle right in the middle. I, I, I was like, this is the most beautiful play I've ever seen. Oh, the 54 yard touchdown. Yeah. What, I, I can't remember where they were on the field, but when he hit it was the double pump fake, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was, that was the first, that was the drive coming right out of the half. It, it was like, I was like well, in awe. And I think this I think the thing if you're if you're a 49ers fan or you have questions about where you think the 49ers are capable of now that they're down to their third string quarterback, this this is what I would take away from it. You know, a lot of people like to look at what the stat sheets say, the box scores, you know, or or, or, or they like to watch a game and you know they see things and it's like the, the big takeaway for me is the the 49ers were in control of that game. Now, albeit the 49ers weren't putting up 35 points and they weren't, you know what I mean, but the defense was shutting Seattle down. And the offense was doing enough. They were, you know, they weren't stalling out in three and outs. They were at least picking up a couple mm-hmm. first downs to drive. They were keeping things alive so the defense could get rest. And then what happened is, and something that you usually see happen, is Seattle has shown this season that they have some offensive explosibility. And eventually, you know, the dam is going to break, and the 49ers had one bad defensive drive, 
and Seattle came right down the field and scored. And, um, you know, put a drive together to go back and put some more points up on the board. That, I mean, you know, veterans have trouble with that. Yeah, I, I, I think it was, it was a great showing for San Francisco. And uh, I, I think from what we've seen, especially from that game, I think that's the team we're going to see when they when they go into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what this 49ers team can do. And it's, it's you know, it's one of those things where it's interesting because, you know, you know I think you want to – one of the things is, you know, whether you hinder it or hurt – call it a hinder or a hurt or a, a perk or whatever. Mm-hmm. Just kind of got another season of, like, getting the benefit of the doubt because – while I don't think anybody would be surprised if this 49ers team figured out a way to get to the Super Bowl, I don't think anybody's going to blame them if they don't. Yeah, you're right. It's almost like it's the best case scenario. Right, exactly. So, Yep, and then we, we had the, the start of our, uh, this time of year, the NFL loves to like, hey, let's put a bunch of games on Saturdays. <laughs> As you go to Saturday games, which you're going to see a lot of this coming weekend and the weekend after, given the holidays. And so you get the Saturday games, um, which I think were also kind of in the realm of, you know, I think a lot of people were very hyped about the quote-unquote Saturday night matchup mm-hmm. because of uh, Bill, Bill's Dolphins. You know, Dolphins have been on a skid. Bill's haven't been as convincing um, of juggernauts as, as people were, would have liked them to be. Right. But things started off with the Vikings-Colts. And, uh, you know, that that's one of the headlines of, of week 15. You know, Colts go out. They lose Jonathan Taylor on the first play of the game. And you go, man, any chance they had is gone now. Because the, the Vikings defense hasn't really been good. No, um, it's definitely so been the afterthought. That, right. And so you, you knew the Colts were going to be able to put up points. But they lose Jonathan Taylor and you go, okay, all right. Let's get ready for the slaughter. Yeah. And then the Colts just go out and they put up 33 points in the first half and pitch a shutout against, you know, an elite type offense. Yeah. And like in convincing and, um, fashion. Yeah. And I mean, we were talking about it in the group chat, like what is going on with Minnesota right now? And, you know, there's been, I think a lot of people had in the back of their minds that this Minnesota team isn't really the real deal. Like, you know, it's like the, there's an old saying, I forget which player said it, but it's like, you know, regardless of how you play, regardless of your talent, regardless of what people think of you, you are what your record says you are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you're, you know, if you have all the talent in the world or like if you have Aaron Rodgers like Green Bay or you have, you know, I mean, he's not on the field now, but like you have Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and you're sitting at sub 500, you know. You are what your record says you yeah. are. You have all this talent, but you're not yeah. a good team. It doesn't result in anything. Right. And then on the flip side, you have this. And, and it's funny because, like, the Vikings have been kind of that exception. Like, the Vikings kind of aren't who they their record says they are. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think anybody really believes the Vikings have the capabilities of going in and competing with Philadelphia, Dallas, San Francisco. No, yeah, they're they're kind of like the the exception to the rule where it's, you know, there's some some star power there for sure, and they they have you know they have won games, but at the same token, it's like imagine the the game Saturday didn't result the way it did, like right. That, that's kind of like the you know, yeah, which the way you know was Minnesota coming back and scoring you know 
36 to three and then, you know, kicking a field goal in OT to win the game, which brings up something I'd like to talk about after we, we'll, we'll kind of skim through the rest of these games and we'll get there. Mm-hmm. And the, the Browns Ravens game, you know, the Ravens have just looked flat. They, they, the Ravens have just looked underwhelming all season long. If they've found a way to win a lot of close games like they did last year, but you know, but <laughs> anything, you know, it's a shame because it was kind of like, uh, like the, the, turd sandwich in between like an otherwise pretty good Saturday games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Deshaun Watson came out and didn't still, you know, still doesn't look ready. Um, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe this is for the Ravens. I think the one thing you can kind of hang your hat on and, and keep hope alive is that, you know, maybe this is the, the, the start of getting Mark Andrews back into the swing of things. Cause he's kind of been a missing piece in their offense. Right. And then, uh, and then you have the Bills Dolphins, which, you know, was supposed to be this, snowball and it really didn't start accumulating until the second half and um you know i think a lot i think a lot of people thought that even though the uh i think a lot of people thought that even though the uh, dolphins have been so good i think a lot of people thought that the the dolphins were going to get blown out in this game yeah uh they 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 kept it close you know they kept it a, a good game two went out and performed you know through two touchdowns Josh Allen had another Josh Allen type day. Um, the the players, you know, the, the big names on uh, Miami showed up, and it, you know, it came down to just whoever you know it was one of those games. As, as the famous Kendall says, "Whoever has the ball last is going to win." Yeah, uh, it it was exciting. I think um, both teams kind of like they they showed up, and it it, it was kind of exactly what many of us expected, you know, it was going to be hard fought and, you know, Buffalo being kind of the, the better team of the moment, uh, coming away with the, the victory. And, uh, I, I think too, it's, it's tough because, you know, the, the notion being because of the, the other losses that Miami has suffered recently, that it kind of like accumulates like, well, uh, well, what do we expect from this Dolphins team? Like, I think the Dolphins are still, are still a good squad. I think they just, you know, they kind of have a tough patch right now playing, you know, you know what I'm trying to say? Like it's, yeah, no, I get you. it's not enti- entirely representative of like, you know, they, they got outplayed, but they, they, they weren't duds. Like they, they played hard. It just, it came down to like last possession. Um, and I, I think they'll be fine. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll keep on the, the point of the big games. Um, so, uh, like the the big like news headlines, um, you know, we have the the second week in a row in which you know uh, what a lot of people you know three weeks ago were considering to maybe finally be the Dallas Cowboys team that really had the ability to go out and win it all, you know, really underperformed against a, a, a way lesser team, and um, you know they 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 narrowly escaped death against the Texans last yeah. week. And this week they went into overtime against Jacksonville. And, you know, although the media is so quick to try to kill this kid every chance they get, Dak Prescott threw a, a not-his-fault pick six mm-hmm. in the Jack won the game. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, Dak has thrown a little bit more interceptions recently, uh, which is yeah. slightly uncharacteristic. But I think I'm not ready to crucify Dak Prescott, especially like you're saying it was not his fault. And also I right. think though Dallas is the superior team, I think the Jags are kind of insurging. In the past well, the, three weeks, 
the Jaguars are the Jaguars have a team. You know, they they have they have a head coach who you know left Philadelphia and um fucking what's his name Doug Peterson. Right? Doug, Doug Peterson. Peterson. It's Doug right? Peterson. Is it Doug yeah, Pe- <laughs> just being a jerk. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear. I didn't hear it. Sorry. I, I said a goat Peterson. Oh, goat Peterson. You know, Doug Peterson left because you know he was, and he'll forever have this in his head. He was wrong about um. Jalen Hurts, you know, that was kind of the big thing. He didn't want Jalen Hurts. He didn't think Jalen Hurts was going to be the guy. Mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts has been the guy, you know, so far this season. But, you know, he's down there, and, and he's coaching up a young team very well, and they're they're performing well. And, you know, he's giving Trevor Lawrence a chance to kind of look like what we thought Trevor Lawrence might be coming out as the first overall pick. You know, this is, I think, I mean, they're just, you know, I think the, the more concerning thing is that, you know, albeit you can't put up points and you can't put a victory away until the last couple seconds. And then you go you go out against Jacksonville and you do. I don't know if we're experiencing that now or if it's just, you know, kind of been flavor of the moment. Uh, and then was, you know, kind of just written off yeah. when Buffalo retooled the juggernaut abilities of uh, Dallas. It doesn't even scratch the surface for Kansas City, and they go out and struggle against a, a, yeah. a not good Houston team. I mean, this is exactly why I don't bet on sports. I mean, if, if you'd asked me going to that game, I'd say they put up you know forty eight points by the third quarter. And well, it's funny. So I, I listened to uh, you know the the Tony Kornheiser show because I you know said on the show before I'm a big fan of uh, PTI. Yep. And um, you know I, I like the crotchety old man that Tony Kornheiser is, <laughs> and uh, like he, he has um. During the football season, he has a couple sports columnist guys on, um, and they do, you know, they they bet on, you know, they pick the the games based on betting, like on the spread, and they keep a track of the record. They have a a fictional monkey that makes picks named Reginald, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, like I mean, like I, I, if they said it, like the, the Chiefs all year, like they just they're not covering the spread. You know what I mean? It's like they're winning games, but it's not the way that you think they're going to win right. games. Yeah, which I mean, you know, as far as you know, just you know what football is like. It it doesn't matter. You 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 win the games. There's you know, you're supposed to. Win. It doesn't matter how you do it. But you're you're absolutely right. It's like any expectation or or, or anything that we've been you know told about them that we should know has definitely not been the case. Yeah, it's just it's it's very interesting, um, and you know, cr- credit to Houston. Like you know, you said they they gave Dallas a run for their money. They kind of almost you know pulled the upset on Kansas City if just kind of like a, a a mistake, you know, by the quarterback mishandling the ball and gave the Chiefs you know great field position. Uh, it is what it is. You know, it's kind of a hey, grow from this experience. Yeah. And then the next big one, you know, you touched on earlier, was not so much the game itself, but the the, the final play of the Raiders Patriots game. Um, I mean, the only thing I can really, you know, attest to it, you know, for anybody listening that doesn't, you know, didn't didn't see it, I don't know how you wouldn't have by this point in time. That's all you're gonna but, hear about. <laughs> yeah, but ba- basically, what happened is, you know. The Patriots run one last play from like their own what, like forty, yeah, um, something like that. Rashawn breaks a couple tackles, gets like twenty five yards up the field, pitches the ball back to Jacoby Myers, the receiver. 
Jacoby, Jacoby Myers runs backwards, kind of treats it like a Hail Mary last second type play and uh, throws the ball 15 yards backwards to Mac Jones where Chandler Jones is just waiting uh, and uh, just grabs the ball um, like just <laughs> absolutely demolishes Mac Jones' existence as a human being. <laughs> yeah. Stiff right into the ground. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. For the team. And, and so, I mean, like, here's the thing, like, you know, like there's a lot of people want to, you know, like what's going to happen to Jacoby Myers is going to get cut, whatever. And it's, I mean, it's not going to get cut. You know, he's a talented receiver. You know, I, I think, I think what happened was, you know, I mean, we don't know, you know, you know, they, they say things in press conferences and stuff, and we don't really know what the, the, the plan was, but knowing Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick's not going to risk a game that's going to overtime to do something stupid to try to win it. Right. And so what happened is I think that they they ran a they ran a run play in the hopes that, you know, hey, worst case scenario, we get stuffed. Best case scenario, he rips this thing off and takes it to the house and we just win the game. And when Rashawn Stevenson broke out, but then saw that he was running out of places to go. It looked like you know he pitched it back to Meyer, and I think Myers just kind of was like, "Oh, okay, some schoolhouse." <laughs> We're doing this. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like his instinct wasn't to just give up on the play, and you know, I, the problem was that Stevenson, because the the game was over, he's running. Everybody else is running up the field, so there's nobody else behind him to throw the ball to, and he just didn't pay attention to what was going on and just made a really ill advised throw and. Yeah, I, I think it was definitely an As example. Probably the ugliest ending in a game <laughs> ever. It was like I think a, a, an example of doing too much. You know, I think that, yeah, I think there was a certain degree of kind of like shock how Stevenson, you know, made such an explosive breakthrough and kind of kind of got deep into the defense. And yeah, I, mean, I think where, where where was he when he lateraled the ball back? Right? Was he like breaking over like the twenty? Right? Wasn't he like? It was like a twenty-five yard run or something like yeah, that, I'm wasn't to, it? They were definitely in into the uh, like Raider territory. I'm trying to—I don't know where on the field. They were they almost were. the red zone. I think they might have almost made it to the red zone. And it's just the the type of thing that I think it was almost kind of like a shock that they they didn't just get stopped or or whatever. And then uh, like like you were saying, like, hey, let's 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 make something happen here. Um, I the the only thing that I kind of take exception to or i mean i'm not even saying the right thing that i wonder about is you know hey there's a a plan for us to let's just play for overtime why why even bother running a play of any kind if, if that was sort of the i i don't i'm for taking the risk i i think more teams should try to like even like before the end of halves like hey let's let's try to score and so i'm not trying to contradict myself but i do wonder that if they, you know, why not just kneel the ball if that was kind of your plan anyway to play for overtime? I mean, I, I think from the, the process is like from kind of like what you saw happen, like Rashawn Stevenson making that big run. The the Raiders were were clearly lined up in a you know don't get caught napping with some yep. sort of deep pass. So there was enough players back where they thought that maybe if Rashawn Stevenson could make something happen, you know, once the safeties that were deep saw the ball get handed off, they you know you would. You hope that they would come up, and by the time they come up, your receivers are in that level to make some blocks. You know, and really, it did work out. You know what I mean? It, 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 he he got there. They just they pinned him. He did the one thing you're not supposed to do is if you're trying to run the ball and take it to the house, 
when time's expired, you can't run to the sideline. You know, yeah, that's the a lot of a lot of players forget that when you're on offense, you're playing against thirteen defenders. You know, and no matter where you are on the field, there's there's a, there's eleven defenders on the field, and then there's two sidelines that count as being tackled. Yeah, and once you get once you get outside the 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 numbers on the field, you're, you're basically being pinched inward, and you have nowhere to go. Yeah, uh, it's it's you know it's funny because it's like now this paired with when when the Dolphins kind of walked him off a few years back, it's just like. Yeah, two, two two like end of game plays that are like shocking. Yeah, um, no. Yeah. So, a couple of the notes from the NFL weekend that I I found interesting. Um, you know, the Broncos were able to kind of look like a competent offense without Russell Wilson. The Cardinals continue to spiral despite the insane amount of talent they have on offense. Um, the the Titans can't get their shit together. They started off the season so hot and have just been falling apart. Yeah. The the Bengals continue to look really good. And and the Ravens loss is what probably opened it up opened up the door for them to uh take the NFC North division. Or AFC North, I mean. You know, because mm-hmm. they they were kind of sitting that one game back due to the, the just the, the poor starts of their season. And the Ravens had just kind of been winning close game after close game that the Ravens gave themselves a, uh, like a three game buffer out of the first four weeks. Yeah, and uh, they had the, you know the Bengals like they were doing well, but they couldn't close that gap, and I think they did close it now because the Ravens lost. Yeah, I, I think too. And there's a, there's like their party that's like you see the scores and like oh well they're they're down seventeen nothing like. Is this going to be it? And you know the the, the good teams step up. You know the, they had what they they had like four turnovers in a row against the the Buccaneers. I'm pretty sure it was it was yeah the, the four drives. It was a two picks and two fumbles. I I think and basically just pushed them you know right back into the game and they didn't look back. Yeah, I mean, oh, oh, you're talking about on the the Bucks side, yeah. Well, yeah, so the 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 Bengals came out and started the game with an interception, and you thought, oh, okay, you know, because the Bengals or the 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 Bucks were were doing pretty well going into the half. I think they were up like seventeen three or something like that. Yeah. But then, yeah, the 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 start of the first half, it was a turnover on downs. Or something like that. Yeah, I'm not exactly. I just know that they basically squandered four possessions. <laughs> oh, it was. A, I think it was a turnover on downs because of a muffed like punt type thing, and then and then it was a pick, a fumble, a fumble, and a pick. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know what I mean? Like, and then a touchdown. That was the second half. Yeah. Yeah, but. Um, um, I was just saying yeah. real quick, the Bengals kind of finding their stride again. Yeah, yeah another another notable game, uh, in my opinion, not to be biased, but um, the Bears-Eagles game, you know, I mean, the, the Bears kind of got ripped up on defense in terms of big plays. You know, they gave up a 20-yard rushing touchdown to Hurts, and they were just consistently getting beat down the field by A.J. Brown and, and Devontae Smith on big plays. But, you know, the, the, the Bears, you know, they came in, they, they played a good game, they held 
you know, this juggernaut Eagles defense to 25 or offense to 25 points. The Eagles juggernaut defense surrendered 20 points, which, you know, for the Bears offense missing their two best receivers, one of their running backs, having another offensive lineman get hurt. You know, they were able to kind of keep their composure and do some stuff. Um, You know, I I said it in the chat. I think this was a a better loss for the Bears than it was a win for the Eagles. I mean, you know, the Eagles are, you know, a win's a win, but. But no, absolutely. I mean, in, in my opinion, you know, the Bears are very young. They are very, very young. And, you know, knowing everything we know about Philadelphia, it's kind of like what we expected Kansas City. We expect Philadelphia to score a bunch of points in a hurry, and that was not the case. Bears hung right, tough. Well, and, the, and the thing, too, is, is like what you see this late in the season, which, what really hurts a team like Philadelphia is you play this game, you know, you're, you're, you're playing this game against the Bears, which, which like you said, should be, you know, a, a 36 to, to 12 victory. You know, this game should basically be over at the half. And um, it wasn't. The Bears kept it close. They kept it interesting, which made Philadelphia have to keep running, like, legitimate offense through Jalen Hurts. And now there's there's questions as to whether Jalen Hurts is going to be able to play against Dallas this week in Week 16. Yeah. and I tell you- Jalen Hurts, I guess, suffered some sort of shoulder injury in the game against the Bears. And, and that's, a, that's like a real bummer because, you know – you hope it doesn't turn into something big and elaborate because this Eagles team looks really good. But if Jalen Hurts ends up having to go down for significant time. Yeah. The dynamic kind of changes. Sorry. Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is too, of my, you know, many Kendallisms, I, if that, if the game isn't 60 minutes, if let's say the NFL game is 75 minutes, uh, I, I think the bears, you know, get a lead and perhaps even win. Cause he just, you see, they 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 kind of they hung around, and they they scored, and then they they end up scoring again. It just you know time wasn't on their side. You know Philadelphia was able to kind of you know salvage some some time of possession there and in in the closing moments. But I, I just didn't think the momentum wasn't fully there. I think if the game was any longer, I think you know Chicago had a lot of good things going for them, and I think they would have taken a lead in that game. Yeah, maybe. And then, uh, the other the other game that you know uh, on paper doesn't look like it means anything to anybody to to franchises that really aren't going anywhere fast in terms of this season, but and might end up having humongous playoff implications was the Steelers beating the Panthers because the Panthers have been putting some wins together over the last few weeks here and there. The Bucks have continued to struggle, and what everybody was kind of saying was going to be. Uh, the Bucks division, even if even though they were playing awful, you know, you're you're looking. We were looking into a door where there was a real world possibility that the Panthers were going to be able to take that division, and the Panthers, you know, they 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 hosted a, a Steelers team that, you know, is struggling all season long to find an identity offensively, you know, plays decently defensively when T.J. Watts in the game, but definitely is weak in in areas. And the, the Panthers just squandered that opportunity. Um, and, you know, this could be this could be the big thing for them moving forward. Uh, the, you know, this could have been, like, the decisiveness because the only way you're getting out of that division is by winning it. Yeah. And I tell you, uh, Pittsburgh gave a lot of opportunities away. Um, there were basically back-to-back possessions where um, – 
uh, Pittsburgh penalty extended Carolina's drives. So like, despite you know, Steelers being up and kind of in the driver's seat, there there were times for Carolina to get they got some some gifts. Uh, there was a really bizarre thing, and it, I was like, I was going ballistic, like just the, the stupidity. Um, it was the end of a quarter, and the, the Panthers were about to punt. So coming into like the the fourth quarter, they were gonna lead off with a, a punt to start the quarter. And a Pittsburgh player uh, whose name is escaping me right now is like in their huddle. Yeah, like he like went out of his way to like be in their business and. You know, they get penalized on that and, you know, continue to the drive. It's just stupid things like that. And I don't understand. Like, they, they didn't really get penalized for they ended up scoring, but uh, it was a Deontay Johnson, like a taunting. Like, like what are you doing, guy? You're in, yeah. the, you're in the red zone. You just came off a game where you guys were terrible in the red zone. Why are you, why are you not using your head? Yeah, right. Exactly. I, I totally agree. There's something I wanted to talk about. We'll kind of close out the NFL with this. Something that, that has really, uh, really kind of bothered me mm-hmm. um, is sorry. I'm just looking up some stats to kind of like back it yeah, up. Yeah, no, no problem. I got those good high life burps going for me right now. There you go. I'm just trying to look up these these stats to make sure I'm not putting my own foot in my mouth. <laughs> oh, come on. That's the best. Yeah, right. The best part about the show is we just make claims with, like, no evidence to back it up. I, it's, like, my favorite thing to do. Yeah. So, okay. So, this is, this is what I wanted to say. And, because I'm really tired of this narrative and... Now it's even more at the forefront of it. I'd like to start this conversation off by saying I am by no stretch defending that Matt Ryan is a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. I don't think he is. Mm-hmm. I think that Matt Ryan had a really good MVP type season. Um, you know, I think that he's quote unquote an empty numbers type of guy. Um, but I'm really, it's really discerning to me that. Matt Stafford is gaining this narrative as like being the guy that blows games. Now I understand that Matt Stafford oh, or no, Matt, Matt Ryan. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, Matt Ryan, sorry. You know, the Colts had a 33, nothing lead and they lost that game 39 to 36. Mm-hmm. And then we all know the famous, you know, blow up of the super bowl against the Patriots where it was 28 to three. Now, First thing, it, it's the, kind of like the conversation we had last week on the show with Mike Mock, where like the, like the kind of the quote-unquote pet peeve of the uh, um, quarterback matchups, you know, like, oh, Brady versus Manning, and it's like, yeah, but they don't, they don't play each other. Right. Um, and all, all that type of stuff. Matt Ryan doesn't play defense, and Matt Ryan does not coach. Matt Ryan, now, I don't know what his completion numbers were, you know, and I, I don't know what his yards were. But Matt Ryan in the game against the Vikings did not throw an interception, did not fumble the football. Matt Ryan committed no turnovers. Now, the offense flatlined, but he did not give the game away. Mm -hmm. 
in the Super Bowl, Matt Ryan did not throw an interception in the second half. Matt Ryan didn't throw an interception at all, but he didn't throw an interception in the second half. Matt Ryan fumbled in that game on a pretty, what I remember, like a pretty big sack. And I think it was from behind. Mm-hmm. And he got and, and he lost the ball, which happens all the time in the NFL. So Matt Ryan, in, in these two blown games of his, now, I don't understand why there isn't more pressure on, like, first of all, this is th- this Colts loss is more on the owner than it is on the coaching. The 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 Dan Quinn coaching job in Atlanta that's on him, and defensive coordinators and the players. On the Colts side of it, same type of deal. The defensive coordinators and the players. But this is what happens when you're the fucking when you're Jim Irsay, the owner of the Colts, who who inherited the team and didn't buy it, didn't earn it, and keeps making these decisions. And brings in a coach with no experience above the high school level of coaching. What do you expect? Yeah, I and uh, I don't understand the narrative of of Matt. You know, like people ask the question, like, is this hurting Matt Ryan's ability to maybe go to Kansas? Like, this shouldn't have anything to do with Matt Ryan's Hall of Fame, right? Ability. You know, it's it's unfortunate that you know he's been the quarterback of these two, you know. Uh, comebacks, you know, it's just it's, it's unfortunate, but you're absolutely yeah. right. You know, you got a, you got a head coach who's in his what third NFL game. Well, you need as aforementioned, no prior experience other than the high school level. Like this is on this is on him. It's it's on the Ursays. It's on it's all Upper Indianapolis, and in, in, in the Super Bowl. Let's go. Let's, just, let's go through this just for haas. Mm-hmm. All right. In the Super Bowl, coming out of the half, this was the first drive for the Falcons. Blow-up running play for minus three yards, seven-yard completion for Matt Ryan, and then an incomplete pass punt. Okay, so one for one. Then Matt Ryan comes out and throws a touchdown to Tevin Coleman to make it 28-3. to Okay. Then Matt Ryan, then the next game, Matt Ryan, uh, nine-yard completion, offensive holding penalty to make it second and 11 after a minus one-yard rush, an incomplete pass to Hooper, and then Matt Ryan sacked. Now, keep in mind, Matt Ryan's not a mobile quarterback, so he's not running himself into a sack. It means a pocket collapse. Yep. Okay, so Matt Ryan was sacked to end that one. Then the next drive that the Falcons had. Eight-yard run, one-yard run, and then Matt Ryan was sacked for minus 11 yards and fumbled. Okay. I'm seeing a trend. Then the the next drive. Matt Ryan comes out. 39-yard pass. Two-yard rush. 27-yard pass. Completion. Then a minus one... Then a minus one-yard run. then Then Matt Ryan was sacked again. Then a nine-yard completion, but an offensive holding, which made it third and 33. And then Matt Ryan threw an incomplete pass, a deep incomplete ball on third and 33. So basically a Hail Mary. Yeah. And then the last drive that Matt Ryan had started off with a penalty on... uh, Started off with bad, bad field position because of a defensive penalty on the kick. 
Matt Ryan threw a 12-yard pass, pass, then he threw a four-yard pass. Then he had to then he spiked the ball to stop the clock, because at this point I think it was a tie game and they were trying to win it. He threw an incomplete. Then he threw a completion to Hooper deep down the field that was overturned because Hooper didn't have his feet in bounds. Mm-hmm. And and then they punted. So to me, I mean, I, I heard that Matt Ryan completed two passes of over 25 yards. And I would say probably was in the realm of 60% completion. Yeah. I mean, it was three times and maybe got 30 yards of total rush offense as support. Yeah. That's the Falcons explosion. Yeah. I mean, in, in the recap you just provided penalties in, in sacks and poor, poor running does not, it's not representative of Matt Ryan, you know, passing to defense, the defense that held them to three play, three points in the first half and got a defensive touchdown in the first half that the, the Falcons defense forced a fumble, had a pick six and held them to three points, then proceeded to give up in a punt, a touchdown, a field goal, a touchdown, a, a touchdown. And then, uh, and then let them walk right down the field for another touchdown and overtime. Yeah. So I don't know any of that's Matt Ryan's fault. Now let's move to the Colts game. And I'm not saying you're saying this. I'm just saying. Now let's move to the Colts game. Okay. So let's go play by play. So again, San Fr- uh, Colts defense and special teams that held them to a 33-0, and so pitched a shutout in the first half, was able to hold... The Vikings defense, they blocked a punt for a touchdown, got a fumble turnover, held the Vikings on downs, held them on downs again, and had a pick six. Then in the second half, the Colts defense gave up a, did, this was their drives, punt, touchdown, 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 an interception, they did get an interception, touchdown, turnover on downs, touchdown. Matt Ryan, let's see. First one. Jackson for a six-yard rush. Then a neutral zone infraction. Then a two-yard rush for Jackson. An incomplete pass by Matt Ryan. And then a six-yard pass for for Matt Ryan. And then a penalty on Indianapolis for delay a game on the punt. So that's not his fault. Mm-hmm. All right. So 50% completion. Then on the, then then Matt Moran led him down the field to kick a field goal. Then on the next play, Zach Moss for three yards. Two incompletions from Matt Ryan. One short, one deep. Okay. So the completions, incompletions, incompletions. We get it. We get it. Michael Pittman, 11-yard rush. Jackson, 5-yard run. Matt Ryan, incomplete pass. And then a Matt Ryan, minus 1-yard pass on a screen play. So, again, not Matt Ryan's fault. That's play calling. Yep. Next one. Incomplete pass. Zach Zach Moss for minus 2 yards. Matt Ryan, deep incomplete pass. So, they got set up into a third and long because of a bad run. Boom. Then the next play. Jackson, one-yard rush, fumbles. 
Minnesota gets the ball back. Then the next drive, they run the the Colts run the ball on first down for eleven yards. Then they run it for one yard. Minnesota calls a timeout. Then they run it for one yard. Minnesota calls a timeout. Then they run it for five yards. Minnesota calls a timeout. And then Matt Ryan tried to do a quarterback sneak on fourth and one. So that's play calling. That's not on Matt Staff or mm-hmm. Matt Ryan, I mean, again. Also, to a quick note, that was very close. That I, that could have gone either way. I, in fact, when I watched it in the replay, I, I thought he had it both times. I was surprised it got overturned. Then the next one, Matt Ryan sacked for minus eight yards. Not Matt, Okay. Then Matt Ryan, 13-yard completion. Now it's third and five. Matt Ryan, pass for four yards. Fourth and one. Colts are getting ready to go for it. False start. Now they have to punt. And then in overtime, Matt Ryan passed a Pittman for 15 yards. Matt Ryan sacked. Matt Ryan incomplete short. Matt Ryan to to Pittman for nine yards. Ryan, uh, Ryan to Pittman again. Ryan incomplete. And then they had to punt. So... So in that one, I'll give it to you. Maybe forty-five to fifty percent completion, sacked three times, two penalties. It's it's like, like, what did Matt Ryan do? Like, what what did he do to surrender a thirty-three point lead? Right, and 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 all that time, you think about when the Colts offense doesn't have the ball, the Vikings do have the ball, and they're scoring touchdowns. Right. So the defense is lacklustering out there. The offense is going out. Now, here's the thing, too. The, the, they know. The, the Vikings' defense knew. They're going to they're gonna run the ball, and they're going to do dink and dunk passes. They're going to keep it inbounds. They're going to keep, keep the clock running, and they're going to they're gonna try to chew as much time up as they can. They're not going to come out here and risk throwing this game away by coming out and immediately trying to throw a 45-yard deep ball for a touchdown. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, so, you know. Be- so the, like, you know as the Colts, this is our game plan. We know the Vikings know our game plan. Yeah. So let's draw this up so that it goes a different way. It, it, you know, and, and here's the thing, and I stand by this. We're having a completely different conversation if if Jonathan Taylor doesn't get hurt. Yeah, I agree. It, we're, the conversation we're having is that the Vikings mounted a decent a comeback attempt but fell short. Yeah. And it just it irritates me that like Matt Ryan is accused of being the guy that blew these games. Yeah, it's totally unfair. In reality, in both games, Matt Ryan did nothing wrong. You know, I, I'd have to I'd have to go back and look at the footage to see what the 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 sack was that caused the fumble against the the Patriots. Um, you know, like was that was that a bad fumble or was it? Cause I don't remember it being a bad fumble. I remember it being a better play on the defense. Mm-hmm. But even still, if you if you fumbled once. You were up twenty-eight to three. Yeah, your defense. All they had to do was stop them three times. All they they could have, they were allowed to give up three touchdowns. You know what I mean? And yeah. 33, 33 nothing. They were allowed to give up fucking five touchdowns. Yeah, basically, it, it was thirty-six to three. Five fucking touchdowns. That was their that was their leeway. You figure on average, like on a 
a second half, a half of football, you get maybe five or six possessions, just kind of the way that mm-hmm. the timing works. And the Vikings took advantage literally on every single one of their possessions. Um, I mean, I, I audibly said out loud that Jeff Saturday should have been fired after that performance. Like, unfortunately, you you can't fire your your owner. It doesn't doesn't work that way. But that, you know, that's just it. It's Jimmy Ursay is the problem. I mean, Jimmy Ursay was like is one of the most outspoken guys about Dan Snyder being being removed from ownership rights of the Washington Commanders, and and Ursay is just as big of a fucking joke. I mean, Jim Jim Ursay wanted to draft Ryan Leaf over Peyton Manning. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, and I mean, you know, like we don't know, you know, we know what we know, blah blah blah, and this and that, but it's like, what the fuck. Yeah, the whole thing, and and don't get me wrong, like, as a person, I like Jeff Saturday. I have no beef with him. I think, you know, I, I liked when he was doing commentary on ESPN and whatnot. The whole thing is very bizarre, and I, I don't really care for it. Um, I, I, I'm kind of indifferent, but at the same time, I, I kind of think that there's coaches on that staff that deserved an opportunity before he did. Um and this, for me, is just kind of like the icing on the cake. Like th- th- this, this is embarrassing. You know, yeah. you, you have this happen after what shady business kind of went on. It just, you look foolish, and I, I think that something has to be held accountable. And unfortunately, that I think has to be Jeff Saturday. Yeah. Ugly. But from a, a, a plain football stand, it, it, it was fun. You know, the, the, the comeback, as long as it's not your team, is always fun. <laughs> yeah, right. And another thing, like, can't the Bills just have anything? The Bills? Yeah, because they, they had the the best comeback until that day. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. No, they can't. Yeah, it's just like, of course. The bill, the well, I mean, the, the bills have you know four straight Super Bowl losses. Yeah, and the I mean, not that this is really uh, a connection, but uh, the the quarterback when the Bills came back was Frank Reich, of which Jeff Saturday replaced. Yeah, it's true. I never thought of that. Some uh, fun NFL trivia for you guys playing at home. For some of you guys playing. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, Do you want to talk some uh, World Cup? Yeah, I mean, we can. Um, so, uh, I mean, so the World Cup was, you know, it was very exhilarating. You had... We kind of talked about it. So you had the Cinderella story. Uh, we talked, I think, last week we talked a little about it. The Cinderella story in Morocco. Morocco was a team that I don't believe ever got out of the final sixteen. I believe they made it through the group stages before, but then they've always they had always lost. Um, and uh, they managed to win in the round of sixteen, win in the round of eight, make it all the way to the final four. And then they, you know, th- their Cinderella story came to an end, and, and and not not a gross way, you know. I mean, they did lose two nothing to France, but they 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 put up a hard fight. 
they had opportunities. They didn't make it easy. Um, and I think a lot of people, I think a lot of, uh, you know, in the, in the sports world, um, you know, you can kind of see it, uh, when you have a team that's like going that well, you know, we, we don't see it in the NFL. You know, I've always been a proponent that I think what the NFL should do, um, is, uh, which would call it. I think I, I, I would like to see the NFL do some sort of playing for third place type of thing. I know it's like, doesn't really like work like that. Cause it's not, you know, you don't get medals and trophies for it, but, right. um, you know, so like in the NFL, you know, we don't see the loser of the NFC game and the loser of the AFC game go at it, but let, let's just say in a world we did. So, you know, the equivalent of it is, you know, a lot of, for a lot of Americans, you got to kind of put things into an American perspective because they don't really know. Um, but you know, let's just, let's just say we were in a world where like in the NFC, we had the fucking, I don't know. We had the, the 49ers and the Eagles going at it in the NFC championship game. And then on the AFC side of things, you had the bills who have been like a juggernaut. And then you also have, um, what's like a surprising AFC team. That's kind of like, are there? Or is there saying, other surprising AFC teams? Well, I mean, maybe maybe the Chargers. Nah, because the Chargers are the Chargers. So let's reverse the script. Let's say you got Chiefs Bills going at it in the AFC, and then let's say like the Giants are able to put some shit together and, and they play the fucking Eagles in the NFC championship game. Then the Eagles win and put an end to the Cinderella story that is the Giants. Mm-hmm. The Giants are not going to 19 99 times out of hundred aren't gonna rebound from that and then destroy the, the team that is better than them in the third place game. So Morocco ended up losing to Croatia, which, you know, I think a lot of people would have kind of suspected Croatia is the much better team. You know, they were in the World Cup four years ago. Um, and then and the, the, the game, I mean, like, for someone who, if you don't know soccer at all, you know, and I, I don't pretend to be a juggernaut, I'm not. But if you don't know, if you don't know soccer at all, you know, and you look up the, the, the highlights and the talking points of the game, you're going to see Lionel Messi from Argentina, you're going to see Kylian Mbappe from France. And so, you know, it'd be like it'd be the same thing if you didn't know anything about basketball and you looked up the Lakers playing the Miami Heat, you, you, you would see Jimmy Butler's name and you would see LeBron James's name. Mm-hmm. And those two guys went out and did everything that you could ever ask from them to do for their teams. And put on a show to show why they're the stars. I mean, the, the Messi got a penalty, scored a penalty kick like in the 21st minute or something like that. And then Argentina scored again and they were up to nothing. And then in the 80th minute, Mbappe scored a penalty and then he scored another goal to make it two, two. They went to extra time. Argentina scored earlier on. Mbappe came back and scored again to score a hat trick, which is insane to do in the fucking World yeah. Cup. And and then took it to penalties and converted on his penalty attempt in the penalty shoot. And, it, you know, it it was just, it was, there was so much drama. There was just everything that you could have wanted from a game like that. There was, there was good defense. There was, there was good, you know, good aggressive fouls, but nothing malicious. And, something that we're not really accustomed to from an American standpoint outside of maybe the Olympics on a basketball stage. And I think is interesting is normally the, what happens is so in, in soccer, you have 
club play, which is very big in Europe, although it does happen almost entirely around the world. Mm -hmm. And so you have a a, a French team called PSG, Paris Saint-Germain. And on that team, Lionel Messi and Kylian Mbappe are teammates. And they just face each other in the World Cup. Now, usually what happens is the World Cup is played in the summer after all the club play, because the club play goes in the fall. They take a break for a month or so during like the Christmas time to mid-January, and then they pick back up and they play again. Well, because of the World Cup, club play has been put on the hiatus, and they're going to pick right back up in probably a couple weeks. And, you know, it's just going to be, you know, I find it interesting from the standpoint of like, are these guys going to talk about this? (laughs) It's like the closest thing we really have to that in American sports is if you watch any sort of Olympic basketball, because you'll see times where like the United States will play France and you'll see, you know, uh, Evan Fournier and Rudy Gobert for France going at it against, you know, like Carl Anthony Towns on, you know, America and, and these guys that they might be teammates with. And, you know, but it, it, it's it's weird. It's like, you know, it, it's in America, the basketball is the only sport that is played at the Olympic level, you know, because American football is not in the Olympics. Baseball has been removed from the Olympics, I believe, right? Yeah, they just kind of adapted to do the, um... the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, ba- yeah. So baseball is not in the Olympics. Hockey's in the Winter Olympics, but the Winter Olympics are kind of like the second seat type of thing. But like in America, from an American standpoint, winning an NBA championship is way more honorable than winning a gold medal in the Olympics. You know, if you came out, if you played twelve years in the NBA and you won, you went to no NBA championships, but you won three gold medals, you're you're lower on the totem pole than the guy that never played on the Olympic team, but won one championship in his career. And, you know, it's kind of funny how it works, you know, because in America it's, it's different. Yeah, it's just, it's just an odd stigma. I didn't really understand it. Right. Well, and the other thing, too, that makes it very interesting, too, is from an American standpoint, is, you know, there's a lot of, there was a lot of discussion on whether or not, like, Lionel Messi was, like, the goat and whatever and all this stuff because you know America's Americans love to do that and not that there's anything wrong with that but soccer is not an American sport it's an international sport mm-hmm. like boxing like golf and you know you you look at it from the standpoint of like in America we judge how great a player is based on yes statistics but winning right and you know a lot of you know. Americans would have the argument that Lionel Messi is not the best of all time because he had never won a World Cup. Most of the world would not make that argument. He didn't need the World Cup. And so it's just it's interesting to see, you know, how the Americans view of sports compares to that of the rest of the world. You know, in in a, in, the, in America you you know, what's the common phrase? How many rings does he have? Right. They, nobody's getting fitted for a World Cup ring like that. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's super interesting and um, kind of like as a whole, how long the World Cup. I mean, this not that I was really paying attention, but I was I guess more aware this time around how long that 
it ran for and just like how how much it, like it's important to like to so many you know people not that like i'm not trying to say that oh i i just i never gave a shit or anything like that it's just it's just it's something that I was I'm more or less just been indifferent to. I just I, I acknowledge what it is and I I understand that you know, you know hey this, this is important. But this time around, for whatever reason, it felt more like I don't. It seemed like it was more like in my I was encountering it more in my day to day life. If that makes any sense, like for yeah. the first time. The thing too, and, and, and there, there's a on the Tony Kornheiser show. There's a gentleman, a British guy on the show that's friend that's you know friendly with Tony. Called his name is Nigel, and, and he said, you know, the 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 thing with America is uh, America in the next forty years will you know like everyone always oh for the next four years, next four years, blah blah blah. America will never be able to compete with the rest of the world on a soccer stage because our best young athletes as children don't play soccer. They play basketball and football, mm-hmm. and, and you're seeing that you're seeing that shift. You know, like our best young athletes are playing basketball and football, whereas you know, 50 years ago, our best young athletes were playing football and baseball, and 50 years before that, our best young athletes were playing baseball. And you look at it now, and it's like, yes, there are extreme talents out there. There are people that are really good, but like, you know, the the def- like in the baseball world, like being able to hit is yes it's an athletic feat but it's not pure athleticism um you know but you look at like the freaks of nature athletes in the MLB in the early 2020s to late 2010s versus the late 90s to early 2000s and it's a completely different realm you know you back then you had the Mark McGuire's the Sammy Sosa's the Frank Thomas's mm-hmm. the 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 Ken Griffey Juniors the all these the, the Randy Johnsons like all these guys and and now it's it's not so much that you know what I mean like you you have the Mike Trouts you know you have the 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 whatever it's like our best athletes are playing football and they're playing basketball they're not playing soccer when you walk through uh, any part of America you're gonna see a basketball court you're gonna see a flag football field you're not gonna see you know a, a soccer net you're not going to see a, a soccer goal you're not you know you're not gonna you're not gonna walk down the street and see six kids barefoot running up and down the street you know dribbling a soccer ball back and forth yeah. kicking its friends you're gonna see them throwing a football around yeah i mean that, that's what you're gonna see and, and, and until more of our youth starts playing soccer we're never gonna be able to compete with them never and you know it's interesting you mentioned and this is not like a great example because it's it's television but Exactly what you just kind of alluded to, like, um, you know, in, in Ted Lasso, you see, like, in, in the neighborhoods, the kids are just, you know, they're, they're playing soccer, and, and you know, just as kind of, it's their, it's their pickup. I have almost never noticed that from, like, even, like, when I was young, to, to seeing kids now, it just, it just, it doesn't occur, you know? Right, it's, it's, just, it's, 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 it's just, like, yeah, it's, it's not, the, it's not the culture here, it's not, and so... Until until it develops more of that culture, it, you're never going to see it. And, and you, you know, our our country is segmented, just like any other country would be. But like, and that's that's where the, the problem lies, though, is the segmentation in sports. America wants to be this this big country in the terms of um, 
they want to be this big country in terms of soccer when it comes to like the World Cup and all that. And keep in mind, it's always it's only the World Cup they want to do it, and they don't give a shit about the MLS or anything like that. It's just being this juggernaut against the rest of the world, right? You know, America's number one. We're number one. That's how it goes. And uh, man, sorry, I just it was the end of the half. Aaron Rodgers was doing his vintage. I'm gonna scramble around and throw. Uh, a deep ball and he you know he just he couldn't do it against a three-man rush and got sacked uh real quick side anyway, note uh, well well let me finish my thought yeah. um so the, the point being is like you go to france you go to germany you go to brazil argentina even south africa ecuador um you know uh egypt any of these places it, soccer is soccer across the entire country you look at America and it's like, oh, like where do the best baseball players come from? Well, the best baseball players in the United States of America come from the upper East Coast. They come from the West Coast. They come from, you know, the mid the 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 Midwest. Where do all our best football players come from? Most of the best football players come from the South. Yep. You no, know, they come from up north. You know, it, it, our country, you know, you look at it like uh, baseball is nothing in florida it's nothing in texas college and fucking high school baseball it's nothing up north high school football doesn't hold a t to fucking high school basketball right you know what i mean like our, our, our country isn't even set on one sport so how can you expect our country to be top of the line in a, a worldwide sport yeah, and, and the advertising even isn't even there. The right. only thing, I mean, like like you said, they they cared about the World Cup. I saw plenty plenty of commercials with like John Hamm and Santa Claus. You know, like oh, I, what do I want for Christmas? I want the U.S. to win the World Cup. I hadn't seen any soccer themed commercial for anything yeah. otherwise. No, right. The only reason that. In my opinion, the only reason the United States is so big into caring about how they perform in the World Cup is because it is a, a, a tangible, measurable, like way to compare ourselves to other countries. Mm-hmm. And, and America is very big on the you know we're America, we're number one, and so it irritates Americans that they're not even they're not even in the realm of top 15 in the world when it comes to this specific thing. So it's my take. Hey, it's a good take. Oh my God. The Bruins are beating the Panthers seven to three. <laughs> Jesus. Um, I was curious uh, how Aaron Rodgers was doing like stat wise. Cause I, I, in fantasy, I kind of did something I don't like to do. I played my quarterback versus my defense, being Geno versus San Fran. And yeah. it, it didn't yield terrible for me. It didn't go super great. Um, I'm I'm going to lose. Uh, but I was just curious if, like, as of now, that I did I make the wrong decision by not playing Rodgers? Uh, 108 and a pick. Okay, so... So he's probably got you. He probably has you like four points right now. All right. So at this stage, nothing really to to worry about. Nope. 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 
unofficially uh, eliminated from, I think, being able to win Pick'em, so I'm going to stop making my picks. Oh, come on. Listen, don't give up. <laughs> no, I'll make my picks. But I had, I had a bad week. I think I ended up having a, an okay week. Oh, you're having, you're having a great week. You're in first this week. Oh, am I? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I picked Atlanta to beat New Orleans, which for seven, so that bit me in the ass. I picked Carolina to beat the Patriots or beat the Steelers. I picked Baltimore to beat Cleveland because I just I thought that Hunley was going to be better than that. You know what I mean? Yep. I did pick Denver to win, but I picked New England to, to beat Vegas, which, you know, you and Mock both picked Vegas. The Washington pick backfired in my face. I think um, I picked Washington too. Yeah, Dallas was big points. Yeah, I, I think I definitely, I definitely picked Dallas. Yeah, you did. You picked them for 13. Yeah, but because of like all the other ones, you were fine. So, yeah, a little bit of a bummer, but it is what it is. It is what it is. At least yeah. I'm not going to finish. <laughs> it is unfortunate. I, I get it. Like, if you miss a week or whatever, the incentive isn't really there. But, I mean, I would, like, let's say for whatever reason I did miss a week doing pickups, I would still participate because why not? You know, it's easy. It takes you two seconds, even if your heart's not in it. Press the buttons. I tell you what, Pat, Pat in our friend league, man, did he have a fucking week. Did he? Dude, he almost he put up 178, and that's with Devontae Adams only putting up seven points. Wow. And uh, that was versus Mock, right? Yeah. Oh, he smoked Mock wow. by like, 30, like 40 points. Because Mock, Mock put up 140 because he had a big week from Barkley. He had a big week from Eckler. He had an okay week from Eckler. Evan Ingram did decent. Peoples Jones did good. Chase did good. What hurt him was Stephon Diggs only got 10 points and Daniel Jones didn't even get 10 points. But like for like, so Pat started Trevor Lawrence, 39. Godwin got him 23. Uh, McKinnon got him 35. Dawson Knox got him 22. Uh, I mean, the guy just put up fucking points. Yeah, man. Well, good for him. Yeah, I wonder if Mox kicking him, kicking himself in the ass for, uh, Starting uh, Robinson from Washington because he put up 11 points. AJ Dillon already has 15 points. <laughs> and I don't think it really would have mattered that much because, like I said, he's chasing fucking almost 40 points. But it's just funny. Yeah, I was, so. I was a little disappointed because um, not that really would have mattered that much because I think he only left like 12 points on the bench. But that Zonovan Knight kid didn't do much of anything. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta try to convince. I gotta text Pat to see if we can convince him to drop Chase Claypool. <laughs> oh, so you can come you know, start all the Bears, which is pretty much immediate disaster because uh, the week, the week that I'm gonna have the ability to do that with the Bears, start all the Bears in the consolation bracket. Um, I uh, the, is the week that they're playing the Bills. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny the Bears are playing the Bills in Chicago, and Chicago is supposed to be like. I think at kickoff, I think it's supposed to be two degrees with like a like a chance of like accumulation of like eighteen inches of snow during the game. Wow! Yeah, it's re- real Bills Bears weather right there. <laughs> I was gonna say, I mean, there's really only one super comparison, and that would be kind of like Buffalo and Chicago for kind of that that sharing the same type of in the elements during the during the winter, like. 
two the two real in the elements teams, but one can't because they play in a dome would be Buffalo, Minnesota. Yeah. But you know, that's why Minnesota plays in a dome. Um I, I have a feeling that especially given the, the, the Bills having to relocate, I ha- I have a feeling that the NFL is going to I don't know. I I have this feeling that the the NFL is going to do something in the next ten years where they're going to initiate that like any stadium renovations or new stadium builds are going to be required to have a dome. So not not have to reschedule if uh, inclement weather happens. Well, that yeah exactly not have to reschedule and what because like. And it's tough, though, because I look at it from the standpoint of, like, okay, so let's say, like, that Bills game, for example. That game, even if there was a dome and there was no snow in the field, they still would have not been able to play because it it wasn't safe enough travel conditions to get... Where where would they park? Where would people park? (laughs) Right, so it's like, like, my standpoint is that, like, like, what is the dome really doing? It's not doing anything. It's just... It's preventing there from being snow and rain on the field. I mean, I don't know. I just feel like you're you're eliminating. Like, I, I understand this, the, the cold component. That's the one thing I could understand is if they were going to do, okay, we're going to do domes and stuff because we want to eliminate the the playing, you know, like the, like why should the, why should the Texans who, you know, why should the Texans have to fucking play one game every four years in fucking Buffalo where it's minus eight, you know, in, in December or something like that. Like mm-hmm. I, I can get the component. Cause like, it, it's one of those things where it's like, it's kind of like the luck of the draw of the way the schedule gets drawn up. You know what I mean? Like the Texans could not have to play it. They could have, the Texans could play 16 games in fucking 60 plus degree weather and then have to randomly go travel to an eight degree game in Buffalo. Yeah. I understand that standpoint, but like, to me, like taking the the elemental thing, like taking wind and rain and stuff out of the game, because my thing is, is if a team, like from a cold standpoint, I understand it because the Texans are not accustomed to playing in colder weather. So to go up and play the Bills in the middle of December, for example, there, it would be a disadvantage for the the Texans, but not a disadvantage for the Bills. Right. But playing in a downpour or playing in forty mile an hour gust is a—it's the same advantage or disadvantage to both teams. That's why, like, like we we talked about that you and I privately, not on the podcast, but like the game where the the you know everyone was shitting on the Bears beating the Forty ers week one because of how poor the weather conditions were, and it was like the Bears played in the same weather. Their oh, offense right. went out and played in the same weather right. that the Forty ers offense played in. Yeah. So how did the Bears have any advantage? Yeah, it's also. Only- that the Bears just have a little bit more knowledge of how their field is in that rain, but still, any, anybody who's playing professional football played fucking kill the carrier in the mud as a kid. Yeah, and w- where the 49ers play in with Santa Clara, or whatever, it it rains there, it, it, and it rains yeah. hard. Like it, it's not like they they've never experienced rain. Uh, it, people are Thinking ridiculous. The environmental element out of the game, to me, it, it's just. It, I understand why the NFL would want to do it, and they would want to do it for one of two reasons. It would it would be one that it equates to higher scoring games because when you're playing in really windy conditions or you're playing in really rainy conditions, it's going to hinder the offense's ability to score. 
You know, even even if you had the Chiefs playing the Bills, you know, it's not going to be a fucking 28-24 game. Right. It's a 17-16 to 16 game or some shit like that. So they want the offense. Offense is sexy. Defense isn't to the average NFL viewer. You know, we're different people, Kendall. We come from a different breed. Yeah. of and we, Well, we come from franchises where stout defense and being able to run the ball on third and six and know you're going to get the first down is football. That's right. football. You know, but most fan bases don't have that. And then the other venture to it would be that if conditions are perfect and completely level, you're going to more times than not see the better teams win, which to me is a disservice because then you like the Cowboys, for example, losing to the Jaguars makes it that much uglier for the Cowboys. You know what I mean? Right. Like nobody, nobody is talking about the 49ers losing an ugly game against the bears week one because the 49ers bounced back and they wrote the ship and they're doing well. But the like the Cowboys losing to the Jaguars week fifteen is going to be a stain on the NF, on, on their NFL record this year. Yeah, absolutely. So, no, yeah, fuck the Packers. I'll second that. Yeah, I think the thing I hate most about like the Green Bay fan base is like there's this one guy that dresses in like a Green Bay themed mariachi outfit, and just like why, <laughs> for what? Reason are you, for what reason is that a thing? Makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> I enjoyed. Uh, did you see that? I think it was. It was um, obviously it was Philadelphia where they did uh, cream cheese hats in the, uh, the Philadelphia. That's cream funny. Cheese. I, I I enjoyed that a lot. There was a stint for a little while when the when the like there were Bears fans that would show up in cheese grater hats. And yeah. I remember really wanting one of those. I remember that. And then I, then I thought to myself like. Why did they make these? They lose to the Packers pretty much exclusively. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, uh, historically, no, it's a funny, it's a funny thing. I mean, that's a great hat. It's it's very clever. I'm surprised the like other teams in the like NFC North don't all do that. Yeah, I'm just... I mean that could be like a universally shared thing against the Packers. I don't. That's Thirty-one perfect. NFL teams could you have find a reason to use that hat once every four years? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so what are you gonna do? All right, so uh, we'll you know, wrap up in about a half hour. So do you have any anything you want to anything else you want to discuss sports related? Do you want to just get off topic and go Christmassy? Yeah, let's let's uh let's get Christmassy. The NFL slate for Christmas is awful. Um, <laughs> I think I think we talked about it last week. All three games look like fucking shit. And then the ho- the holiday special, which is the Christmas Eve games, the Steelers Raiders. Yeah, that'll be the fiftieth uh, anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Oh, will it? Yeah, that's a real bummer because you guys can't beat the Raiders, so you know how that game's gonna end. Yeah, uh, well, I'm hoping some ridiculous nonsense happens for the the Steelers again. We got Jacksonville and the Jets on Thursday, and Saturday we got Buffalo Bears, Saints, Browns, Texas Titans, Seahawks, Chiefs, Giants, Vikings, Bengals, Patriots, Lions, Panthers, Falcons, Ravens, Commanders. Uh, 49ers, and then Eagles-Cowboys Saturday at the 425 game, and then Raiders-Steelers. i got to be honest with you. I'm surprised they didn't flex the Eagles-Cowboys to the night game. Yeah, I mean... 
And what's also weird is, guess who has the televising rights for that Saturday night game, Raiders Steelers? Who? NFL Network. Oh. I'm very mean, surprised. I, I personally, I really dislike the NFL Network oh, crew. Yeah. The NFL Network is the worst broadcasting for a game. Oh, and like, even that like analyst panel, it's like. Oh, so bad. Like as standalone people, I I kind of I can tolerate him, but like the the group of Ryan Fitzpatrick, Richard Sherman, uh, Tony Gonzalez, whoever that girl is, and like Whitworth, it's just it. There's no chemistry. They just it's Wait, like I thought, was, I thought that was Amazon. Well, I think they do both. Oh, I, I, I say, aren't those the guys that do the Thursday night half? Yeah, and I think. They, and I think they do the NFL. I could be wrong. I think they do the NFL Network too. Did you see? Uh, did, did did you uh, watch the Eagles Dolphins game or the Dolphins Bills game this week? Yeah. Did, did you see Steve Smith at halftime wearing goggles so he didn't get hit with a snowball? No, I didn't see that. Oh, they were doing the halftime. He was wearing fucking goggles because they were throwing <laughs> snowballs. <laughs> like you could just like see his face. His face was reading like fucking hit with a fucking snowball. I'm gonna kill somebody. <laughs> Um, yeah, so like the Christmas games because the the Monday night game is Colts Chargers, ooh, <laughs> but the Christmas games are fucking Packers Dolphins, Packers Dolphins Broncos Rams Bucks Cardinals, woof. Yeah, man. So do they? Um, as a whole, they kind of flexed it so Christmas Eve would have the bulk of the games. Yeah, so there's only three games on Christmas Day, so that like every game is it's like Thanksgiving. Every game's a primetime game. Yeah, so, you know, like it's not there's no multiple games going on. Um, you know, and, and like my thing is, is like I, I personally, I'm I'm of the standpoint. I think it's absolutely god awful that they even allow any sport to fucking have games on a holiday like that. I understand not everybody celebrates Christmas, but we're in America. It's fucking people. I mean, like, think about it. Like, the night game. The night game is Bucks Cardinals. So if you think about it, every Tampa Bay player has to be away from their family because the game's at night. Yeah. And they're not going to be able to get back until the next day. Because, oh, the Arizona Cardinals, after the game's over, or before the game, you know, in the morning, they can fucking open up presents with their kids. Even if it's at 6 a.m., they can do it. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, too. And it's it's only very recently, like, you know, to my knowledge, the NFL really didn't play on Christmas. Now, I, I, we could go back and look at games played in the 70s and 80s. and whatnot. And maybe, maybe they did. But when we were young... That was like exclusively an NBA thing. I, I'm, yeah. I'm like ninety percent positive that uh, unless something weird happened, that NFL didn't play on Christmas Day. It just they they would. Well, and what's even what's even more is what the NFL what the the uh, NBA does. They don't play games on Christmas Eve. Yeah, I mean that way at least you know the players can enjoy time with their family on one or the other day like right if the nba usually does they usually on christmas day they usually do five games starting from 11 and going to like 
tip off at 11 and the final game i think starts at eight yeah and th- yeah. that that you know football only playing on three days of the week but in this particular instance where the nfl is like hey well we're just going to do whatever we want why not just have all the games be on saturday you do thursday saturday and do a monday nighter just for this this yeah. particular instance it, it makes no sense it's a ratings draw it's crap yeah, and then on top of it, on top of it, you're gonna do it, and you go out and you you, you put up this fucking product. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it's, it, and I understand like we didn't know where the NFL was gonna be at this time of the year when they did the scheduling, but even still, like Tampa and Arizona, yeah. like In- fucking like if you do it, like do fucking like like if you're gonna do Giants Eagles, like a, a game where like the fucking players can go home after. Yeah. And, you know, I, I could think of really one time that I kind of, like, really sat and devoted the time to watching a game. And I think you were living at the house at the time when I will, it was Steelers-Ravens on, like, Christmas Day. And that was the yeah. only time I ever, like, really devoted the three and a half hours or whatever to a game because... The reason, and the only reason you could do it was because that was the 8 o'clock game. Yeah. And, like, otherwise, just, like... I. As much as I love football, I kind of just want to be doing other things. Right. Like yeah, I, I don't know. It is what it is, I guess. Does the does the MLB play games on the Fourth of July? Um, e, it's a good question. My my gut would be yes, just because of the the number of games they play, and yeah, I think they do because I think they, there's there's times where they wear like the um the specialty hats. I think it's just kind of like, it's very tough for them to not play games. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I can't really think of a, no, it makes sense. I mean, I, you know, I've I've foreseen them playing games. I just, I wasn't sure if that was like one of those, like, you know, universally, like everybody had the day off kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think it could be like if the 4th of July fell during the middle of the week, like on a Thursday, the MLB uh, could very well just schedule it so nobody. Pl- the weekends would make it tough because that's just kind of how the schedule works. It's it's like MLB operates from like Friday to Wednesday. Yeah, for yeah. series. Okay, let's see. I can look up this. They already they already released the schedule, so let's see. Yeah, that's a that's a nice question. I I feel like I definitely because now it's like you know, hey, we could make a special hat for this and sell it at lids. Yeah, uh, on the fourth of July in twenty twenty three, all thirty teams are playing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there we have it. All thirty teams are playing, and some of them are like real fucking halls. <laughs> The Blue Jays are going to play the White Sox. Atlanta's going to Cleveland. Got Baltimore and the Yankees, so that's close. Colorado's going to Houston. The Mets are going to Arizona. Oh, perfect. Oakland's going to Detroit. Philadelphia's going to Tampa. Pittsburgh's going to L.A. Seattle's going to San Francisco. I mean, it's close, but, like, it's not a car ride close. Texas is going to Boston. St. Louis is going to uh, Florida. Kansas City's going to Minnesota. That's not a car ride close. Chicago's going to Milwaukee. That's close. Los Angeles is going to San Diego. That's close. And then Cincinnati's going to Washington. <laughs> yeah, but like for the most part, the entire schedule comprises of, hey, you got a ways to go. 
But at the same time, though, it's like the Fourth of July is different than Christmas. You know yeah, I mean? I, right. You're missing a barbecue, like whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just a a different thing. Celebrating the Fourth of July is like the point of celebrating the Fourth of July is to celebrate, you know, your country and your nationalism. Versus like Christmas is you're supposed to spend time with your yeah, family. Exactly. Aaron Rodgers probably wanted to play on Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of my like favorite things to hate on him for. Just because like, like, I know we 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 actually know zero things about the actual. Thing. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's like more fun to just speculate that he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, love it. Oh, Jalen Ramsey's mad. They called illegal contact on him. Oh, he's pissed. Oh my god, he's so angry. What's the illegal contact? I mean, yeah, you're fucking pushing him out of the back of the end zone. Yeah, well, talk about Sorry. a guy who's on kind of like the uh, the tail think, end of his career. You start. I think you're starting to see the, a little bit of the swing. I think he's still a dominant corner, but I think you're starting to see a little more. I think you're starting to see people target him more. Now, Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys, like, he's not going to fucking shy away from Jalen. Right. Dalen. I mean, you're not going to see a fucking quarterback of Aaron Rodgers' caliber do that. But like He'll throw seven picks before he stops throwing his way. Yeah, right. Did you want to try to squeeze in a holiday draft at all? Yeah, I was trying or to any- think, because, I mean, though it's just the two of us, if there was a way that we can do kind of like a draft without it being so anticlimactic with two people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, yeah, we just go back, you know, it's, we, you, you do, uh, we just go back and forth. There's no snake order. Um, I mean, we, we could do a Christmas draft. What do, what do, what do you think? And you want to do Christmas? Like, do you want to do like dinner? Do you want to do, um, oh man, AJ Dillon just scored another touchdown. Mox piss. Oh, that's great. Um, um do you want to do just like Christmas, like everything Christmas goes? Yeah. Why don't we do Christmas aspects? Because like I feel like Christmas dinner can be kind of like different for everywhere. Like Thanksgiving is more traditional. Like people tend to just eat the same type of things. I feel right. like are we, stick- are we sticking with like a like so like anything of the Christmas season? Yeah, yeah. I think okay. all encompassing. And you know what, Kendall? I don't. Because it's just the two of us, we don't need to keep track of things. I'm going to go one step further. I'm just going to let you have the first pick. Oh, well, that's very kind of you. Very much the Christmas spirit. Yeah. You know me. <laughs> give, give, give. That's right. All right. Hmm. What's the first overall pick? What's your biggest, what's your favorite Christmas aspect? Favorite aspect of a holiday season? My favorite aspect of a holiday season, um, I have always just enjoyed the, uh, the decorations from... Like people's in their house with the, the trees and all that of stuff to, you know, the, the the ridiculous way over the top. There's twenty seven thousand uh, light bulbs in their front yard, you know, set up. Um, it's like so the, you're gonna go setting up Christmas decorations. Yeah, I'll go decorations and okay. I like the the no holds barred. Where hey, we're gonna we're gonna really go over the top with all these different like flashing lights and and whatnot. Because I mean, I'm not, I myself wouldn't do it, but I, I really enjoy the time that someone else puts into it. <laughs> yeah, I know, I get what you're saying. Right, like, see, like, you and I are the opposites. Like, you you like kind of like the awe of looking at other people's yards when you're driving through neighborhoods and seeing what they've done to their house. 
Whereas I'm the type of person where I don't want to go spend any time looking at someone else's house because I spent all this time on my fucking house. <laughs> right. Come look at my house. And then there's the, your dad who puts up icicle lights and leaves them up for eight years. Yeah. You know, uh, I have to send you, he texted me, I want to say, we'll call it a week and a half ago, uh, of like his setup and like he, he changed out. He has recessed lighting in the, the exterior of the house that he has the blue bulbs to match. It's just like, it's so ridiculous. I love it. He is the most absurd human being I've ever met in my entire life. Oh, and I love it. And they have a lighthouse now. And like an operating oh, lighthouse. Uh, hey, do you think your parents are pissed that they put all that work into that chain link fence just for the dog not to be there anymore? I, I mean, asked your dad that. He said no because it, it, he's like, oh, it like separates the yards. I'm like, it's a chain link fence. You can still see your neighbors. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, unless they get a dog, I don't know. Like if it was a vinyl fence, it'd be different because then like you're blocking out your neighbors, but you can still see them. I know. I'm just chalking up that you know my sister's dog has caused a lot of problems for everyone. Yeah. All right. So you're gonna go to Christmas decorations. So that, you actually kind of took my pick. My first pick was gonna be setting up the Christmas tree. Um, well, I mean, I guess we can do that. Is a little bit different. No, it's. A, I, I think it kind of encompasses into the decorations. I, I think it's. Look, for, for a two-person draft, I think we can be a little bit more broad right. in terms of, you know what I mean? If we were doing a full five-person draft over five rounds, you know, I think you'd have to pick a little bit more in terms of, like, setting up the tree, putting up the outside lights, things, et cetera. Yeah. Because so, I would say, say, for a lot of people, I think the decorating of the tree is, a like, a thing of its own, you know? Um, you know, the ornaments that are going to go up and stringing lights and whatnot. It's, it's sort of like a... Um, it's very not a saga. That's not that's not the right thing I'm trying to say. But it's like uh, I don't know. It's like for some people, I think it's like a whole. It's a whole thing. Well, I think you know, it's kind of like it, it, like starting with like the tree. It's kind of like the uh, the the first part of whatever your family's traditions are. Mm-hmm. You know, like some people, like in my house, you know, um, the way we do it. You know, uh, you know, my significant other and and child like to put up the the Christmas decor around the house. Um, you know, like the little figurines and the the garlands and the the pictures and this and that. And and I like to do the tree. So I, I, I build the tree or I put the tree in the stand if we get a real one. You know, I put the lights on it and I put all the ornaments on it. You know, and, and they really don't contribute to that aspect. That's kind mm-hmm. of our tradition. Whereas growing up, like at my dad's house, my dad and my stepmom, it was the tradition was always you know, we put on the Alabama Christmas album, and then my dad would put the lights on the tree, and then he would pull the ornaments out of the boxes and hand them to me, my little brother, and my stepmom, and we would put the ornaments on the tree, but he would never put ornaments on the tree. You yeah. know, everyone has different traditions, but it's kind yeah. of like the tradition of the season. And then you kind of go into it from there. I, I get it. So I'm going to go with my first overall pick. Since you, since you took the decorating aspect, I'm going to go with something this might be a little bit more exclusively to me versus you. But I'm going to go with I'm going to go with a uh, uh, Christmas movies. Okay. I, I'm a huge Christmas movie guy. I, I love Christmas movies. Um, ironically, the biggest Christmas movie of our generation is like my least favorite Christmas movie. Oh, sorry. Of which one is that? Uh, sorry, Rebecca. Oh, Elf. Yeah, I, I'm. You know. I hate that. I hate that movie. I I hate it so much. I don't know what it is about it, but I just don't like it. But yep. like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, 
that ranks right at the top. But like Home Alone, the best Christmas movie ever, in my opinion, It's a Wonderful Life. So you get some of the old classics like that, White Christmas. I was gonna say that I was gonna ask you that's your that's your like your favorite, right? Uh, it's like kind of yeah, like so, a... it, oh, It's a Wonderful Life is number one hands down. Um, it's not even close. Uh, but then like I like the older ones like the White White Christmas movies and stuff like that. But then I also really enjoy the uh, some of the like ones from like our parents' generation, like the the uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. I enjoy the the Home Alones, but I even enjoy like the bad ones, like the Vince Vaughn's, like the Fred, Four Christmases and the yep. Fred Claus. You know, I uh, I like watching the Grinch. I enjoy watching the. Uh, there's some newer ones that come out that I think were pretty pretty good that Amelia like watched. Um, uh, what's his name? Kurt Russell with Santa Claus in this movie called like the Christmas Chronicles. I actually really enjoy that movie. Huh. It's a good Christmas movie. Um, I'm not big on like the whole nightmare before Christmas thing, just because like, to me, it's not a Christmas movie. It's like not a Halloween movie. It's just like a movie that you watch cause you like it. Right. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's not really a holiday specific movie, but, um, the Santa Claus, that's classic. I just, I don't know. The, it's funny. The, 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 the two Christmas movies that I like the least are probably the two most popular Christmas movies, Elf and A Christmas Story. I do. And so, I, I do like A Christmas Story, but TBS ruined it. I, I was going to say, like, th- th- there's no reason for that thing being a thing. Um, like, I, I'm kind of with you. Like, I, I like Elf for Rebecca. But that's about it. Like I, I've never even even before her, I was like, "Oh man, we gotta watch Elf." That, that like that never that never happened for me. Yeah. Uh, a Christmas Story. I think I'm more into it. Like I, I like that movie, but it's the type of thing. Like I'll I'll watch it through on like Christmas Day, and then like if it, if I watch it again, like it, it just needs to be 24 straight hours on TBS. Like that's that's absurd. I know. I don't know who thought of that. Yeah. I hope they got fired. Like, in reality, what would make sense is if they picked, we'll call it six movies, and right. kind of and kind of ran them in, in, in mixed order. So you had, like, from Christmas Eve through Christmas Day, in the full 48 hours, you had, like, three opportunities to see these, like, whatever movies that we picked to be on, on rotation. Yeah, let's let's also let's also uh, go ahead and, and throw this into the mix too. We're not talking about movies that aren't Christmas movies, but have a Christmas scene in them. You know, like I'm not, like you know, I'm not talking about the fucking Harry Potter franchise. Yeah, I don't know it's, how they like shoehorned their way <laughs> into the Christmas movie catalog. It just yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Every time. So. All right, your pick. Alrighty. Um. I guess I guess I will take here and it's I mean sort of like a, a, a cop out um but I, I I enjoy just kind of like the the, the like the the family like not not gift giving just like the being like in a hey let's like you know shoot the shit or whatever yeah, um, together pottery yeah Oh, I get that. All right, I like that. I like that. Uh, I I am gonna go with a, a real personal favorite of mine. Something that I know that you you will not like the pick, but um, I I really like Christmas music. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm yeah. kind of a big hater. 
Yeah, I, I but I like the thing for me is I was like I like the old Christmas songs. There's a few new ones that I can get on board with, um, but like like you you can pretty much miss me with all that like Michael Bublé shit. Yeah, I'm definitely out on that. I think I, mean, I like the Mariah Carey song. It's a good song. I, I'm over how much we have to hear it, but like <laughs> I, I like the Bing Crosby, the Frank Sinatra, the Nat King Cole. Okay. You know, like I, those. Christmas I could songs. stand behind those true classics like that. I think. The biggest problem is there's only so many Christmas songs. Now, d- despite the Ariana Grandes of the world, they'll try to write new ones, and I, I don't know exactly where I yeah. stand on those, but there's, o- there's only so many Christmas songs, and there's like 40 renditions of the same songs, and like all these places, they just play them on repeat. It's just, uh, it kills me. I tell you what, a Christmas song, the, the Christmas song by Nat King Cole, I think I could listen to that. Probably for about three straight hours. Well, I'm like I, that. I, I like the uh, the ambiance of it. Yeah, I I'm like that with uh, Felice Navidad because the song is so ridiculous. Because it's really the song is built entirely on repetition. There's no there's no build whatsoever to it. It just goes on and on in the same the same cadence the entire time. Yeah. Well, then there's the best Christmas song of all time. What's that? Dominic the Donkey. Oh, oh yeah, totally forgot about Dominic the Donkey. Yeah, we almost, we almost like blew out the Spoinks floor. To that That's song. such a fond memory of us in college, and just you know the the forty five people in a poorly built apartment, uh, way too hot, no matter what the season, in full Christmas sweaters. And Dominic the Donkey blaring as forty-five people are jumping up and down, oh, <laughs> and the God. whole building shaking. So funny. All right, I think you're you're up, right? right. Christmas music, the last one. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um. Then I will take. I will take the uh, Christmas. Uh, entrees here um so i think for a lot of people a lot of people do ham um like so you're going like christmas feast yeah so i'm 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 excluding like uh appetizers and desserts just kind of like the the meat and potatoes of it all all right so i'm gonna i'm gonna piggyback that with the christmas baked goods yeah there you go yeah, like the fucking Christmas, like the like the the sugar cookies, the chocolate chip cookies, the gingerbread men, uh, Buckeyes, peppermint bark, all that. You can you can shovel that all into my fucking mush. Yeah, you got a favorite? Um, I say, I mean, I think my favorite tasting is the Buckeye, but I couldn't eat like an inordinate amount of it. If I'm going for quality, it's the Buckeye. A quality-made Buckeye is really good, which is kind of like funny to say because it's really just like a, it, it's like a like a thicker peanut butter, like balled up and dipped in chocolate. <laughs> but like you know, like the the addition of the confectionate sugar and stuff like that, I, I enjoy it. But I couldn't eat like ten of those. I could only eat like one or two. If we're going for quantity, I, I again, <laughs> I know you're not a fan of this flavor profile, but I could fuck up some trays of peppermint bark. Yeah, I get it. Uh, I, I I know what you're saying. Um, 
it, it just irritates me so much that Mercedes Lewis is just good for one big catch a Packers game. <laughs> 900 years old. Yeah, I know it. Hey, I need quickly, can you bail me out just a second? Can you talk yeah. about your peppermint bark while I quickly run to the bathroom? Yeah, yeah. Well, I just, I don't know, the peppermint bark aspect, I like it a whole lot. I mean, it, it's kind of a hoe to make with the double boiler. Um, I mean, I, there are people that do the, the microwave uh, melting of the, the, the chocolate and the white chocolate. Um, I'm not really a fan of that, just from the aspect of, uh, I don't know, it doesn't feel like traditional. I, I like doing the, uh, the, the glass bowl or the metal bowl over the, the pot of boiling water and melting down the, uh, the, the chocolates and, you know, like the, the one first, line it in the pan, freeze it do the second one, line it in the pan, freeze it, and then uh, crunching up all the, the, the peppermint the candy canes. You can do candy canes, too. I saw, I saw someone do it one time. I couldn't believe it. They did it with, like, peppermint, like, lifesaver candies. Ugh, I'm so mad. It made me so fucking mad. And I think the thing that I like a lot about the peppermint bark, too, is that I'm not a big white chocolate fan. No? But No, I'm not a big white chocolate fan. But I really, really, really enjoy the uh, the like frozen cold aspect of it. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, not as much as I do as like AJ Dillon just rushing in his third touchdown of the game. No way, really. I mean, oh, never mind, Taron Jones. <laughs> well, hey, that didn't help me. That that uh, cements my loss. No, what cemented your loss is that you. We're already losing going into the game. <laughs> well, yes, that's very true. Um, yeah, so I'm gonna take the I'll take the Christmas baked goods. I mean, I'm gonna go that route. Yeah, it's a good pick. All right, you're up. All right. Um, let's see. It's tough when you get really broad because you kind of eliminate a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I I kind of enjoy the the like the holiday themed parties like um it kind of sort of just attended uh an ugly sweater party um this was slightly different so my sister threw a grinch themed party but more or less it was ugly sweater like it's just kind of like yeah no i get you but you get a lot of those like themed type yeah i get i get what you're saying um, well, yeah, those are good. They're good. I don't like it, but those are good. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's see. What am I picking here? What am I picking here? Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. You, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and do this. I, I love... Uh, it, it, it's, it's super stressful um, for multiple reasons, but uh, g- gift buying. Yeah. I, I like it because, like... It, it, there's nothing. I don't know. There's. I don't really find a lot of things better than like finding that like perfect gift, and you're like you're, you're so smitten about it. And then like, like, like something like for example, like, like something that I found for you. I found it back in like fucking September. I've been excited for four months to give it to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or like, or, or on the flip side, like you're panicking because you feel like you don't have enough for somebody and then you run into just that perfect gift. 
Right, I don't understand. Hmm. I don't something about it. It, it. It's stressful for multiple reasons, you know, the running arounds and the the whatnot. So it's like, you know, like I, I mean, I, I do my fair share of online shopping, but like I'm always good for a trip to like the Trumbull and Milford Mall once a year, um, for the various like random shops and stuff, you know, like I think the Trumbull Mall has that uh is super local and not important to anybody but us. But the Trumbull Mall has that like weird like everything is like handmade store by the Cheesecake Factory. Yes, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I always get a gift for somebody from in there because it's just all unique shit, something you can't find on Amazon. Yeah, I know what you're saying. I I, I tend to find myself, it's almost like Groundhog Day. I feel like I get the same stuff for people over and over, and it's not for lack of trying. It's just kind of like... I don't know. I think there might be a lack of trying. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't know, I just... I, I, I don't know, just I find myself like in this loop. Yeah. No, I get it. I get it. Uh you're up. I think it's your last pick. Last pick. All right. Um Gotta make it good. I, I mean, I'm gonna throw something out there that you can take because I'm I already have my pick unless you're gonna take it here. Um but you know one that I'm surprised hasn't been said is, 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 is like just the opening of gifts. Yeah, that's true. The the, the uh... not necessarily like opening your own gifts, but like the uh, like you know like the if you have like you know like if you do a Christmas where you have like seven or eight people and everyone's opening all their gifts at, you know at the same time kind of thing, seeing what everybody got, et cetera, et cetera. That reaction, well, you know, I'm going to sort of spin off of that. Um, so in my family, we've done this for a few years. Uh, we do um, the joke gifts. We kind of it's like it's like a secret Santa, um, but you know, it's not it doesn't it's not required, but it's kind of encouraged. Like if you can do something um, amusing to be like you know silly or whatever, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, especially if you have a person where you can get a really good like joke gift for and, and you know yeah. what the reaction is going to be it's just it's very satisfying when you really like hit a home run yeah, yeah I get it. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna close it out my my final pick is uh i'm, I'm a huge fan of, of of this again another one that i think a lot of people stress over but i, I find it extremely therapeutic and relaxing um, especially given the uh, the love for the, uh, the the Christmas movie and whatnot, um, huge fan of wrapping gifts. Really, I, I I really I enjoy. I get stressed out doing it, you know, like but it's like a good stressed out. Um, but like, I, I, there's something I like about sitting down with like the pile of like things you're giving away to people and, and, and like the wrapping of it, you know, like the I love the the creative aspect to it of like the oh i'm not gonna throw this scrap away because i know i'm gonna come across something perfect for it (laughs) you know because you get this pair of socks you gotta wrap or something like that and you're like fuck i don't want to cut a whole piece of fucking wrapping paper i absolutely hate wrapping presents and i love it i love wrapping presents partly because my inability to like do simple tasks that kind of weighs pretty heavy good at it like they don't look pretty my my presents look pretty but i just (laughs) about it. i like wrapping the presents i do i love it i, I was I had a, someone at the radio station we had a joke uh and she was like i don't i don't 
wouldn't ever wrap a present because if I have children, I don't want to ruin the magic of Santa Claus by seeing the disaster of a wrap job. No, you know what? And you know what's really funny is there are a lot of kids that will like do that, like type of thing. Like a lot of parents that worry about that, and their kids that will ask that question. You know, like I know, like you know, I'm trying not to speak too loudly because I don't know. Yeah, if sorry, I actually, I'm sorry, I brought it up. No, you're fine. No, I'm just saying, like the, uh, you know, like we do, like the the specific paper. Yeah. Yep. 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 You know what I mean? Like no, nothing else is in that category except for that. Um, but you know, it's you know, I don't know. I think it. Uh, I think when you do that, the uh, the the notice of the uh, <laughs> the notice of the shit job kind of right. goes out. It the... Disguises. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. Yeah, good pick though. Yeah, nice little draft. I liked yeah. it. A nice little draft. Yeah. It was funny. How am I, I mean, how I, am I doing in the league? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I, have, I have a money league that I'm in. I was curious how I did in it. <laughs> I forgot to look at it all week. All right, that's all right. right. I'm winning one fifty six to one eighteen. So I think I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, Derek Henry really came through with me for me. With the uh, with the uh, fifty nine yards on the four seven, the 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 big the big hitter for me was was the was Travis Kelsey. He had a he had a good day. Yeah, big time. Yeah, Travis Kelsey had a good day. Where Cam Akers going? Sweet. Um, all right. Well, uh, Kendall, it was a pleasure having this uh ex- you know essentially recorded phone call yeah you know it's it's funny and i mean i get it. life happens uh, but i i had sent a text out literally yesterday asking if everyone was gonna be on <laughs> and i was like i was like yep well, i'll be there yeah. it'll be a problem <laughs> and then, yeah real life happens yeah it's just it's just and funny it's only gonna get it's only gonna get more difficult as we get older uh, yeah no it's true i mean um <laughs> It will get so old that it won't be difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I had this in like envision of it. And I, I, I think it's funny. Like it's going to get harder and harder as like, you know, more of us have kids and marriages and, you know, anniversaries, and vacations, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But then we're going to, we're going to get to a point one time when we're all like, if we're still doing this when we're like in our late fifties or like, Hey, do we want to start trying to go like, five times a week <laughs> yeah, right i'm really trying to get away from my significant other yeah. for like the yeah. even, if, even if it's just a half hour can we just record something that's so funny um how was your beer it was very good in fact i'm kind of going to be um bookending how i started with a uh a big chug opening my last uh, miller high life of which the beer has been reviewed Many, many times on the show. But it's important to note um, that if you're looking for a refreshing beer that's somehow in between a light beer and a regular, you know, a regular brew beer, some, it's somehow in between, you will never find a more refreshing, uh, not super filling, and just all over, just like well put together beer. It gets a lot of crap for no reason. But the High Life, in my opinion, is the best beer you can have for its price point, uh, its enjoyability, and uh, always in the bottle. And it'll make you burp. Yep, 10 out of 5. 
Yeah, what does blow my mind is that they make a Miller High Life light. Yeah. Yeah, didn't it? would be, like, be like, oh, introducing the new light, Bud Light. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And I didn't, I didn't really know about it originally. I saw it for that brief period of time. And I haven't seen it since, so I don't get it. It might be discontinued. I mean, it was weird, too, because it was only in cans. Yeah, it's uh, really weird. Man. Oh, Tyler Higby caught a touchdown. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I agree with you, though. It's a, it's a, it's a really good, really good brew. I, I enjoy it thoroughly. Um, I was going to say something, but I don't remember what it was. Oh, real quick, did they, they, they didn't make a holiday oh. bottle this year, did they? Uh, what? Oh, the champagne bottle? No, I asked around, I didn't see it anywhere. Yeah, it's too bad. I'm going, yeah, I'm going to total for their uh, delivery on Thursday. If, the, if anyone's going to have it, it'll be them, so I'll let you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, is it, do, you, do you think Miller High Life's the most reviewed beer on the show? Um, no. It's either, right? I think Bush... Yeah, I think Bush too, just from the aspect of it like coming in a thirty and it's it's usually the most leftover beer. Yeah, that's like I think of all the times it's really just been drank, it's because of the previous day or, or trip or whatever, there was a, a bunch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh how was the mega juicy? It was good. Very juicy. Would you say you, it's mega? Uh, huh? Would you say it's mega? I would say it's uh, largely juicy. <laughs> well, my thing is, is like I, I think it's very difficult. Like, like the too juicy is like the perfect, you know, like the ju- like perfect juice level from the state, like you know, juicy level. So it's like when you start getting into the, like the elevated ABVs, you know, when you when you clip the double digit mark. You know, it's like like the 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 alcohol component kind of takes over the juiciness component. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like it's almost like it's a beer that didn't need to be made. Yeah, but you know, it's nice that it did. I tell you what, these mayhem commercials are so funny. <laughs> I like how they brought him back. Have you seen the most recent one where he's a mouse? No, not think so. I think so. to be a mouse scares a woman that's decorating for Christmas. He jumps on the couch cushion, throws a pillow at the mouse, hits the Christmas tree. The Christmas tree falls over, knocks the garland down. The garland swings. The tree falls under the table, breaking the table, and then the garland swings into the fireplace, catching on fire and lighting all the stockings on fire. <laughs> it's like, it's a pretty like drastic thing. Like, first of all, why would you throw a pillow at a mouse? Like, what are you going to do? Cushion it to death? That's why I always keep a brick in my pocket. You know, you got to be ready for stuff. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, do you care to tell the fine folks where they can uh, they can find us? Yes. Uh, you can find us at uh, Twitter and Instagram at gswd underscore four. Make sure you use the hashtag gswd for all your daily uses, whether it's you know being abandoned by all your friends. <laughs> Or, uh, you know, having a great time with one of your friends. Yes, there we go. Uh, we're on also on Facebook at Getting Sports with the Drunk. And uh, basically, wherever you listen to your podcast, we're there. iTunes, Google Play, 
Spotify, you name it. We're, we we cover basically all the bases. We sure do. That's what we do, man. Yeah. That's what, that's that's what, what we, we do. do. And uh, we uh, we hope you have a, a very nice holiday, um, whether you're celebrating, yeah. celebrating Christmas, Hanukkah, or whatever. Yes, happy holidays to uh, to to all of you, to whatever the holiday is that you celebrate. And it's crazy. Oh. Um, after this, we got only one more show before the yeah. end of the year. And then it's another year of this show in the books. It's hard to believe that we've done it as long as we have. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. We'll have to do some, uh, do some drunkies next week. We'll recap our Christmases. Yeah. And then, uh, you know. don't want to do too much spoiling, but hopefully in, uh, 2023, we really hit the ground running. Nah. Nah. More <laughs> of the same. <laughs> all right. Well, enjoy all your holidays and, uh, Red Baron, you enjoy yours. Thank you. You as well. Thank you, thank you, and I will see you. Uh, I'll see you uh, post Christmas, pre pre New Year. Yes, absolutely. But until then, I'm your hostess, Cupcake the Riddler. Nope. <laughs> and the rat of a red baron of a frozen pizza. Um, yeah. Frozen pizza. Frozen pizza.